Hello, I'm Aisha, and you're listening to Tossing Pennies. Hi, folks. This is me recording another podcast episode after not uploading in months. Um, not that anyone probably even noticed, but it's fine. <laughs> um, I am back. I this okay. Just getting into it. This episode is going to be about individuality. Um, it's kind of like I don't I don't know. I thought about it for like an entire three minutes, but I couldn't figure out like a good way to. I guess, sum it up because I think it is like a messy, like my, the conversation that I think this podcast is going to be is going to be a little bit messy. Um, I don't really have like a very structured outline. I mean, do I ever, but it's, it's, um, it's a little bit more like, I'm not even entirely sure what I, um, what's like my exact take on it. I do have a lot of different takes, but there's nothing like very cohesive, which is probably like the worst thing to say starting off a podcast, but bear with me. I think it's, it's, it's definitely like on the same theme, but in terms of like having a very definitive take on individuality, whether it's good or bad, or like what the problem with like individuality is in today's society, like all of that is not entirely like the point of this uh, podcast. It's more just to discuss the just obsession with individuality that I think has always existed, but has kind of just like grown into a whole different thing, Um, especially with social media and especially, especially since TikTok. Um, So just like kind of jumping in, I first thought about this topic because one of my, one of a really good friend of mine and I had just been having a lot of conversation over the past year, but especially like in recent weeks about like whenever we would refer to each other's clothing styles, like she and I have very different styles of clothing um, or just things that we find pretty or things that we would decorate our rooms with or would um, wear or would call our aesthetic or something that we would pin on a Pinterest board, like things of that sort, we differ pretty significantly on that. And we love to go back and forth and be like, no, like Aisha, you're like, you're like a lot more cottage core girly meets like, yeah, I don't know. I can't even like think of like the aesthetics, but like, I think you guys probably have an idea of where I'm going, where like, you just like spitball a bunch of random Pinterest, like uh, aesthetics or labels and just call just a t-shirt that you chose to wear on a particular day and you just fit it into oh I see that you're going for like 90s street style with like a little bit of like cottage core with the ribbon in your hair and like oh I see like the chunky ring so you're going you're going in for like a little bit of a modern whatever and it's like funny and it's like fun to like you know obviously mix and match themes and whatever but also just like this this obsession with wanting to be a theme, right? Like um, that's one of the main things that we have been talking a lot about is because sometimes we're like, is it almost bad? And I school her a lot on this because um, sometimes it's concerning to me with how obsessed she can be sometimes about her wanting to dress in a very like, I don't know, I'm just making a aesthetic, like a very street baddie type of way, right? Um, And then we've had conversations where I'm like, but no, like you, this is clothing that you like sometimes, 
But just because you want to like be like that does not mean that you need to like censor everything that you wear to be a specific aesthetic that you saw on a couple of Pinterest girlies. Like that's not necessary. And when I talk about individuality, I guess I'm talking about the loss of it in that sense, because there is this false environment that's been created where you think that you are being your most individual self because you are more conscious about your clothing choices or how you how you talk or what your Instagram feed looks like and you think that you're being individualistic or you know you're you're like being true to your individual or whatever but that's such a made-up concept that like you are just, you know, you are, you were born and you just like emit cottage core vibes or that you were born or like, you know, right now you're in your like straight baddie era. Like that's such a way to just manipulate people into buying a whole lot of stuff to fit into an aesthetic and then get sick of it. Cause obviously if you're just wearing similar things or, um, you know, just like stuck in the cycle of having to be this character for months on end, of course, you're going to get sick of it. And then just like spending your money to completely like, you know, be this other person or this other era. Um, Or even if you really like what you're wearing, then there's like this cycle of the ways that that aesthetic changes itself on internet, because obviously like everything's like there, there could be a trend and you already know that that trend will be gone like in a week and you're preparing for the next trend already. And so this like false pers- false like idea that you are being your your individual self, you know, you're being true to yourself. Um, and it's like hilarious to me when I see like a lot of those TikToks where it's like in 2018, when I was like dressing for the male gaze and it'll be very, or not 2018, it'll be like, oh, 2016 when I was dressing for the male gaze and it'll be a bunch of like, you know, these pictures of a person in like side parts and, and um, like, Air Jordans or whatever they're called and like skinny jeans. And you think that, you know, you were, you were like, that was the male gaze. And now I'm dressing in like these dresses with like my hair done a specific way and when jewel and jewelry done, you know, jewelry in a specific way. And now you're dressing for the female gaze. But like, first of all, no one even knows what the female or male gaze is. I don't even feel qualified to talk about it, even though like I've done like some reading on it enough to know that I don't know enough about it. Um, And yet people love to throw it around to show any type of change. A, B, a lot of like most 99% of those videos are just them following like new trends, right? Um, And third of all, yeah, it's like this idea that you're being like your most individual self now that you are like free for the male gaze, which like Margaret Atwood quote being inserted here right now, please. so yeah, well, you pretend like you're being your most individual self now that you're like wearing a specific type of clothes that you think is more true to yourself, but you're, you just like it right now because a bunch of people on your TikTok for you page look very pretty in that type of clothing. And of course you're going to like it because it looks good on them, but you don't like it because you came up with it all on your, on your own, or because you like started wearing those type of clothes and you just thought it looked good on you. You like it because you saw it on someone else, decided it's going to be like what you're going to dress during the summer for, and then made it your individual style or whatever. But it's not. Like if we're thinking about it in in, in like what an individual style or in, in like just a sense of the individual even is, that's 
not even close to what your circumstances because very fundamentally your your sense of self is influenced by what you saw in your social media that looked good on someone else and you decided to opt like you know opt it for yourself or wear wearing things like that or talking like that or you know taking on that personality but fundamentally it's not like something of your own creation which again it's not so not again this is I guess this is the first time I'll be saying it but this is it's not necessarily like something that you you know that I'm accusing people of because that's just the way it is but I think I wanted to comment on it more in the sense of it's interesting to see individuality being sold to people because that's not individuality to begin with if it's something that you can just you know co-opt from something that you saw someone else take on which that person also probably got it from wanting to curate like a specific aesthetic for themselves which again when you're having to put so much effort and thought into curating a very specific uh, like set of rules for you to live around, whether that be just like the clothing that you wear, that's not being individualistic. That's still trying to very consciously pick and choose and change, you know, and, and, and like censor your, your taste to fit into this aesthetic that you think is your individual aesthetic. Um, so I just like wanted to comment on that aspect of like how social media has created this frenzy of like, you know, we, we're, we are our more, most unique and individual self in today's time, but you're, but like the reality of it is that no, you're not. Um, that's like a concept that's being sold to you. And B, that concept is making a lot of people, a lot of money. Um, and I, and then I also quickly want to just like talk about why I think specifically TikTok has done such a interesting job at like making this individuality thing into this really huge production. Um, I don't know if I talked about this in a different podcast episode before. I feel like I remember like talking about it, but I can't remember if it was like just in conversation or in a podcast episode, but for myself at least, like, yeah, I grew up watching YouTube. I didn't have Tumblr or Instagram. Um, I didn't have Instagram until like maybe three or four years ago. I didn't have Tumblr growing up. Um, so my only social media or access to social media was YouTube. And I do remember like watching these girls on these really pretty channels who would make vlogs of their morning routines or just, you know, vlog their life or talk about what they're wearing back to school or something of that sort. And I remember like really liking an aesthetic, but making it my own was just like not a thing. Like there was this barrier in my head that was still like, that's production. That's these girls wearing these things. And I wish I, you know, I wish I had like Chevron scissors or whatever, um, because Chevron was like really in, in like 2014 or something. And I wish I had like a Chevron backpack, but like, that's like their thing. But I think with TikTok, when you just saw people, your own age, like dressing a specific way or having certain things, it just made it more accessible where, yes, it was still production because these people oftentimes were more specifically going out of their way to like set their room up in a certain way or wear their most cottage core material or wear their most like, like I'm, I'm using the same three aesthetics, but there are like a million more of them. Like, I don't know, French chic, modern girl, academia, 
outfit, right? Like they they did their they did their best to curate that image for like the three second video that showed up on my for you page. But now that I see like a girl who probably went to a high school like mine wear that, it just became a lot more accessible and it became like more of a no, like yes, Aisha, you can go and buy that thing because like it's not that difficult. Whereas I feel like, or maybe this was just a me experience, but I did talk to other people about it and I feel like it's a little bit more shared that TikTok really did break that barrier between this is stuff that like people have because they're creating a YouTube video versus this person is like a normal average Joe and they're just making like a three second video about like their OOTD. So I can also purchase like, I don't know, that jacket or those shoes or that necklace and somewhat emote like the vibe that they're giving off, which I find really appealing, which is why I want to be like them. Um, so that was just like my little rant about how social media has done such a great job, especially TikTok into like tricking people to think that they are being individualistic with like how they're dressing or how they're talking or how, like, what their interests are, especially with like movies and songs and like music taste. I especially see this where sometimes it's, just, it's like, you want to just be perceived as such as like a sad indie girl. And so you like only recite like your, all your, all of your like top music musicians or people that you make videos about or people that you talk about are like the same five or six that are very popular in that like sad indie group, let's say for example, but like, A, maybe you have other interests. Maybe you do have other um, musicians that you are really a fan of, but you just don't say them out loud because that would kind of mess up with your entire sad indie girl aesthetic that you've created for yourself. B, maybe you don't have other musicians and you don't have that because all the people you surround yourself around have very similar music tastes. Your For You page, your social media, which apparently is supposed to like expose you to different different things, but not doesn't really do a good job of that because they they curate such a perfect um, For You page based off of like, you know, what they expect you to be like, which is based off of like a bajillion algorithms and whatever. And you just see similar things on repeat. And so even if you could get exposed to other music that maybe you would have really liked if you would heard it, you just don't get exposed to it because you're just seeing the same thing over and over again. And that reminds you of something that I think a friend was telling me about, about how like, it's almost like you are constantly branding yourself. Even on your small little Instagram of like, you know, 500 followers, you are branding yourself constantly because these are like, maybe they're friends, or but maybe they're like people that you knew in high school and you don't want them to think that you like are completely lame now and you are trying to fit into this persona of oh I do have a life now or I dress really cool now or I have really cool taste now and just that 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 push of selling yourself as someone interesting just that little like switch in 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 mentality tarnishes like any chance of of make, you know, of like believing that what your music taste was or what your, you know, why you're reading what you're reading, all that is just on your individual. Um, I feel like I ranted about social media way longer than I wanted to, but, um, I did want to kind of like also, um, I think I like briefly mentioned how I was reading a book earlier today that made me think about individuality and, um, more, not just in the context of like clothing aesthetics, which I feel like at the end of the day is a very materialistic 
like thought process to be having to be having but like I'm sorry sue me um but it is interesting to think about like how there has been this obsession about individuality since like I won't say the dawn of time, but like in a lot of philosophy or in a lot of critical written work, there is a lot of thought given into like, okay, like how much value do we put into individual, into this idea of individuality? I think like any, I think like major philosophies, a lot of their, the main contention that a lot of them are writing around is this idea of the collective versus the individual. And I didn't even have to like do any internet search to like know that to be true but then I did do some when I was just like you know in the five minutes of research that I did for this episode um and it's interesting to see just how much thought is given into like okay how much how how much should we value you know having a society where being your individual is accepted but also the emphasis and, and the importance of a collective and it's embedded in really like any political school of thought that you think about, any economic school of thought, any like anything around how society should be structured or how it is structured, so much of that is like kind of two ends of what is it like? What's the I forget what the metaphor is, but like, it's like two people tugging on a rope, and one one of that person represents collectivism, the other person represents individuality, and I think that's like at the end of the day, like that's like what really anything is like that's what any of these social movements or social um social areas are it's the content it's like the conflict between those two right like that's what that's what like most of the fight in 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 politics is about is like okay how much how much pressure do we put on the individual how much pressure do we put on the collective how much power should we put put in the hands of the individual how much power should we spread among the collective um that's a lot of the main contentions between like differing um, like economic philosophies, whether we're talking about capitalism, whether we're talking about communism, even though like the, but but I do want to preface that by saying like, it's not a very black and white that like, oh, you know, if we're talking about capitalism, we're only talking about individual freedoms. And if we're talking about communism, we're just talking about like, you know, um, whatever, like we're just talking about like collective making, like, you know, stripping people of their individual individuality and only focusing on the collective, like, no, no, that's not true. Neither of those, neither of those um, takes are correct or give you the full image of what either philosophy or either um, either uh, social structure is about. Um, but I was just saying that as an example of how embedded, you know, this contention is in like things that we've probably learned in our history classes. Um, and so even though like it's fun to talk about it in the scope of like social media and how it's affecting how we perceive ourselves, um, it's important to realize like this is like these are like century year old debates. These are things that people have been thinking about for like decades, not decades, more than that, for more than centuries, thousands of years, I would easily guess. Um, and and so the book that I was reading earlier today, it's called Reading, it's called Reading Lolita in Tehran. Um, and kind of like a side, side track con like, you know, little conversation, but, um, I have like a very ambitious reading list for this summer. Uh, I have started off strong. I did finish a book in like two days last week. And then over the weekend, I didn't really read that much, but today I've been, I like finished like 
a quarter, a third of this book. And I also read like half of the great gap, the, the great Gatsby, because I read that years ago. Um, and I don't know why I just like, I wanted to read it again. And so I read like half of it and I read this other book reading Lolita in Tehran. Um, and it's an incredible book. I really like it up till now. Um, it's this book about, it's this book that, um, it's written by Azar Nafisi and uh, just a quick prep, quick like little context. It's like about her and I think it's like eight or nine uh, girls and the and like a book club slash like a literature course that she um, used to conduct when she was in Iran. And so a lot of the book or at least the first chapter or first session section that I'm reading, which is like reflecting on um, Lolita, but also in reference to her class and her time in Iran. And so there's like a lot of conversation about, you know, the individual and about like what happens when you're in a government where like individuality is a crime, like to be an individual, to have something that differentiates you from other people is a crime. Um, and there are like multiple quotes that I've highlighted in just like the 70, 80 pages that I probably read because it's, it, it's like a, it's a book with so much, it's a book where, you know, you read it and like you just go into your own thought spiral because of how illuminating a lot of like the discussions are. Um, but especially one of the ones that I thought a lot about after reading was this one. So she writes, this was a country where all gestures, even the most private were interpreted in political terms. Um, then she goes off to talk about like, you know, a, a lot of the ways that especially women were dictated in like how they dressed and how like even small, um, small signs of literally anything that differentiates you for someone else was taken as like, you know, promiscuity and um, going against the government, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I thought a lot about that because um, on the one hand, I find it extremely annoying when I'm talking to someone and, you know, their response to something that I'm saying is like, not everything's political or not everything is that deep because like my take, and I have a pretty strong stance on this is that like everything is political, right? From like, your ability to be talking or talk for my ability to be talking right now um, and, you know, posting this podcast to your ability to be hearing and listening to this podcast. Like even something as simple as that has deeper political implications. It does. Um, and so then to say that things that like affect people's life is not political is just flat out wrong. But on the other hand, there is this like very valid argument that like, well, okay, when everything becomes political, then like what's just there for humans to just exist through and just to, to have as something that they like or they want to do or whatever else. And I really thought about that when I was reading that quote, because like, that's a sad reality that they lived through where everything that they took was something that was like seen as like everything that they did, if it was even a little bit out of line, was taken as like being defined to the Ayatollah or whoever was like, you know, the leader of the totalitarian regime at that time. And I thought a lot about that and a lot about that in relation to individuality and how, how having that stripped um, really was just like the course of how a totalitarian regime maintains power. Um, and then she did a really great job also connecting to, to Lolita because um, the book is split up into four sections and she kind of like references uh, four different major works um, in those sections. And the first section is dedicated to Lolita. I haven't read Lolita. I've heard a lot about it. I've, I feel like at this point, I basically like have a very solid understanding of it because I've just like read a lot of and 
heard a lot of video essays and whatnot that kind of reference current political or social situations to um to Lolita which is terrifying if you know what like the plot of Lolita is um but another thing that she kind of creates a parallel to with this book which also I thought went really well with this the theme of today's talk is um when she's talking about the abuser in Lolita who is like Mr. Humbert and he's the man who basically um manipulates Lolita who's like a 12 year old girl um into being with him and then sexually abuses her and basically keeps her for two years um and it's like this book that has it, it, it's a controversial book to say the least there's like a lot of opinions on all sides but it also has like very serious it has a lot it has a lot of potential for like social discussions and people like juice out that potential in every way possible um and especially this line that I'm about to read to you is just like talking about Mr. Humbert's way of maintaining power um and what really makes him a villain in this story along with the obvious things but like if we're just like more socially analyzing the man um the quotation goes um in class we were discussing the concept of the villain in the novel I had mentioned that Humbert was a villain because he lacked curiosity about other people and their lives, even about the people he loved most, Lolita. Um, and then she like goes on to talk about him and like compare him to the dictator, to, to the Ayatollah, and about how this, not even just being like terrified, but this indifference of people being, about people having things that are unique and wanting to live in a society where people are just different and varied and have different takes on life and different ways of living life and different experiences how how just an indifference to that is what really makes him a villain in this story um from a very large so social umbrella like not you know overlooking all his all of his like other terrifying and awful crimes um but I thought that was also just very interesting to think about especially in terms of like government or society when we think about what really maintains power and what allows power to be stripped from the collective is when you just when you just give away your your desperate need to be your authentic self but then also and this is me kind of like dragging it onto a different conversation it's also interesting to me how there is this perception that there is this authentic self right that there is like this one like it's like it, it, i just like kind of like like not laugh but like not in like a mean way but I I laugh sorry, kind of when I hear people say like oh like I want to like find myself or I want to, I'm doing all these things to like kind of like discover who I am because like to me when someone says it like that it just sounds like there's like this one end goal like you have to like meditate or go on this like ritual or um kind of just like take yourself out of society for this end goal of like finding yourself and discovering who you are as if like there is like this one ultimate like layer that you have to achieve to like be your most perfect personality or your most ultimate like personhood or whatever else and I also think that's just that's just like another example of capitalist bullshit because like I don't think that's true like I think that I mean not saying that I understand what people are saying when they say that like that also is important I just think the wording of that is weird where you are thinking that you are, you know, you're expecting yourself to, to get to this point of um, 
being your most ultimate self. And so you like spend all this money and like doing all these like fancy self-care rituals and uh, trying out all these different like lifestyles and modes of living and questioning everything that you know about yourself with this like false perception that you are going to be like this like most ultimate form of yourself, which I think like longing and like searching for this like one ultimate version of yourself is like another example of how social media, but society at large has like just tricked people into thinking that there is like this one very individual, unique person that they are. And that like, they have to spend all this money and all this time just trying to find this ultimate person that they are. Um, Rather than just like recognizing human beings to just be like, I, I mean, I don't know, but I also just feel, don't feel qualified to like make a very definitive statement on this because like I don't know what human beings are like I don't know what the ultimate like metaphor or way to describe human beings is but what I know it is not is like this one ultimate person that you have to strive to be because I don't think that's true I don't think like I am this one ultimate person and I don't think I'll ever ever be this one ultimate person even if I live to be like 90 years old or whatever and like live through a bunch of different phases and different life experiences. Like, I don't think I'm going to reach the end of it and think that, you know, I am the most individual version of myself now. Like I am most me. Right. I think when people say that it's just like a, it's like a costume to hide, like, Oh, I really enjoy who I am right now. And I really enjoy what I'm being right now. And I think that's like a better way to look at it, which again, like you are still being your individual and you're still being like, whatever, true to yourself or whatever, but you're not doing it under the context of like, I figured out my most ultimate clothing style. Oh, I figured out the most ultimate way that I want to like be perceived as, or um, that I want to, the vibe that I want to give off or like whatever, I don't know, whatever else. Um, Yeah. So that's like my little take on that thing as well, where like, I think that a lot of these very hashtag self-care lifestyle not a lot. I would say 99% of it is just like BS to get people really invested into like these schemes of wanting to be all these different things to find their most ultimate self. When like the very idea that you're going through all this effort to like be this ultimate person is stripping you of your individuality. Um, Yeah. Anyway. So as I said, like this was going to be a very like confusing episode. I more just like spitballed what I was thinking about like a few different things um but I had just a couple of thoughts on the matter and they it was all kind of about this idea of individuality and being like you know like a, a very authentic version of yourself or whatever which I don't even think is like necessarily true or the correct way to phrase what people are trying to say when they say that um but anyway I don't know I hope you enjoyed this ramble. That's what these episodes always are. Um, And I will hopefully see you next week.